0: I may be on vacation, but I am not stopping with delivering you guys the latest in conservation and energy news. I wanted to bring your attention to a very interesting development from the United Kingdom. If you haven't seen it already, we're not limited to covering the United States. I think it's important to look elsewhere across the globe and see how policies that are being rescinded or perhaps adopted affect us here at home. I think a lot of states like California, which is currently in an energy crisis. It cannot keep up with the grid because of this transition away from fossil fuels and adoption of electric vehicles. Europe has similarly done that. They wanted to model California policy and vice versa. But we're seeing an interesting trend where a major power in Europe, the United Kingdom, is perhaps abandoning net zero policies and encouraging the production of oil and gas domestically again. And that is because of the new prime minister, we're gonna break this down for you. We're gonna break down how this will help the United Kingdom boost their energy production, make them more energy independent and not relying on adversaries like Russia. So here is what this latest development means for us here in the United States, why it's important and why I think people are slowly but surely realizing that solar and wind cannot replace fossil fuels. Shortly after new Conservative Party leader turned Prime Minister, Liz Truss was sworn into office, It was immediately announced that the United Kingdom facing a huge energy crisis where residents have been paying an exorbitant amount of money for energy this summer. According to Bloomberg, for instance, bills for certain individuals for homes are going to be over £10,000. I think there is an 80% increase in some estimations, according to NPR. Households across the UK are experiencing an 80% jump in energy costs. And I think Prime Minister Truss has realized that the policies of her predecessors, including fellow Conservative Party members, are having ramifications on her citizens. And this is obviously due to the fact that most of Europe is largely dependent on Russia, an adversary that has a monopoly over oil and gas production. And a lot of these countries, the UK included, had adopted net zero policies. They went very bullish on solar and wind, and now they're having regrets about it because it proves to be unsustainable. It's leading to energy instability, energy insecurity, and higher costs, unsurprisingly. And we're starting to see that here in the United States. I think a lot more people are starting to come out of the woodwork and not be afraid to question the so-called sustainability and practicality of solar and wind, which are intermittent. And in many studies, and in many instances, those so-called alternatives, which a lot of people, especially those on the preservationist left, and even some Republicans, unfortunately, have gone full throttle with that said, that's what we have to do in the future. We have to go full throttle into it now. We have to transition and we can't prepare for it slowly, but surely we have to do, be very bullish on it now. We have to go full throttle with it now, but forcing people to transition away from electricity sources and even fuel sources that have made people a lot more prosperous is very foolish. And I think the UK is now realizing that as well. And I think a lot of people in the States are. Now back to why this is important. So like I said, energy costs in the UK have gone up. This new prime minister, Liz Truss, has said on September 8th that I will deal with the energy crisis. Today I will take action to make sure people are not facing unaffordable energy bills and to secure our future energy supply. And that is from a tweet. And then she follows up by saying the following. She put actually a very nice graphic. I think if politicians abroad and here in the United States did this to contextualize things better or to expose bad policy, you can win more people and you can prove that you're genuine and you're not obviously trying to jip people. So she adds in another tweet, this was dated September 9th, or September 8th, rather, I am ending the short-term thinking on energy once and for all. I'm acting now so people and businesses are supported with the new energy price guarantee. I will tackle the root cause of the issue by boosting domestic energy supply to ensure we're not in this position ever again. And she lists several points, three main points, support for you and your family under this energy price guarantee. Saving the average UK household £1,000 a year, a typical household will pay no more than... 2,500 pounds per year over the next two years, a new six month scheme to limit energy prices for businesses and public sector organizations. And the tagline reads securing energy supply for the long-term negotiating long-term contracts for cheaper prices and new opportunities for UK oil and gas production. And that comes to the ban on fracking that was instituted in 2019 being revoked. So why was a fracking ban enacted in the first place? This came about in November, 2019. The government has halted fracking in England with immediate effect in the watershed moment for environmentalists and community activists, read The Guardian. And they say that the decision draws a line under years of bitter opposition to the controversial extraction process in a major victory for green groups and local communities. It was taken after a new scientific study worried it was not possible to rule out, quote, unacceptable, end quote, consequences for those living near fracking sites. The report undertaken by the Oil and Gas Authority also warned it was not possible to predict the magnitude of earthquakes fracking might have triggered. Fracking, also known as hydraulic fracturing, involves water pumping chemicals and sand underground at high pressure to fracture shale rock and release trapped oil and gas. The government said it would not agree to any future fracking, quote, until compelling new evidence is provided, end quote, that proves fracking could be safe. And now that evidence apparently has come to be revealed with the surging energy costs in England nearly three years later. If you want to learn more about hydraulic fracturing or fracking, I have two videos with CFACT, who is a sponsor of my podcast, where I went to northwestern Pennsylvania to see fracking for myself. Fracking does not lead to earthquakes. That's a complete illusory correlation. That's a complete nonsensical point. It's not founded in any supporting evidence whatsoever you'll learn that the frackers that we interviewed care very much to uphold environmental standards and that they don't want to destroy their surroundings. So I have two videos. Those are linked in the show notes if you're curious about the truth about fracking. And I think the UK and this new prime minister have also seen that. This study that came out nearly three years ago is unsubstantiated. It's just one study. You shouldn't base your policy decisions on one study. You have to cross-examine things and get different assessments because one conclusion may be one thing. Another conclusion may be another. You need second opinions. You should also apply that to different scientific opinions. You shouldn't just base policy decisions on one, let's say negative study that says you have to halt processes altogether because there are different experiences and and there's different evidence showcasing that fracking can actually be done very safely. That goes very well here in the United States. And so I'm reading from Sky News about the fracking ban being lifted as part of the new prime minister's plan. The UK obviously banned it, including the Conservative Party, over fears that it would lead to earthquakes. Again, no evidence of that if you examine fracking in the full picture. And she says that it will enable developers to seek planning permission for fracking and get gas flowing as soon as six months. That's actually pretty quick. Uh, Liz Truss said, I think as part of her platform, far from being dependent on the global energy market and the actions of malign actors, we will make sure that the UK is a net energy exporter by 2040. That means drilling domestically for oil and gas. That's what we were doing here in the United States before President Biden came to office. And this Sky report actually has a more nuanced and fair accounting of what fracking is. Fracking is a technique for recovering gas and oil from shell, rock, by drilling into the earth it was banned in england in 2019 after research raised fresh fears over the risk of earthquakes the conservatives manifesto said the party would not support fracking quote unless the science shows categorically that it can be done safely end quote mistrust said it would only be allowed where there is local support for it georgia whitaker an oil and gas campaigner for greenpeace uk said there has been no change to the science since the pledge was made three years ago the activists said that before the ban was introduced, the industry had 10 years of experimenting with fracking, but this produced no energy for the UK. Fracking actually does produce a lot of energy. It's done that for the United States and I think in Eastern Europe too. My ancestral homeland uh, has several LNG ports on the coast and it has worked for other European countries. This activist said communities who have had this nonsense afflicted on them in the name of out-of-date ideology will be wondering who they're elected Representatives are really representing. And so complete 180 on the fracking ban. Fracking, again, is shown to be pretty safe if you don't listen to the detractors and the environmentalists who are, oddly enough, supposedly getting money from countries like Russia and China to put out misinformation about fracking to force countries and different activist groups to push for net zero policies. There's a lot of substantiating evidence pointing to that, that There's an interesting kind of ironic underpinning to all of these anti-fracking campaigns. It's so Russia can be dominant in this and that. Other countries, most countries can be reliant on oil and gas producers like Russia, who are maligned actors, all the while they are virtue signaling, saying we're going net zero, we're going carbon free here. And so I think this is a win. I think this will help alleviate the concerns and the prices that are being felt by UK residents. I think hopefully all of Europe will be able to see that this was a foolish policy to transition away and especially to go 100 percent in on this when it's proving to have shortcomings and thinking that you need to replace entirely oil and gas with solar and wind. And the catch with solar and wind is if you're not already aware, they're intermittent and they require fossil fuels, namely oil and gas, to back them up and to properly function. And they need 100% solar power and 100% wind blowing to work effectively. And they also have a lot of ruinous effects on land use, if you don't already know. We're going to have more exposures on that soon. But that update from the UK, I think, will be very prescient and relevant to the podcast and all of you listening who care about multiple use, who care about energy security, and who care about true conservation. You can have energy security all while a clean environment. We're proving that here in the United States, you don't need to sacrifice our economy at the behest of preservationist environmentalism. And so I hope you guys will hear me out on that. Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you haven't already, make sure you find us on your preferred podcast player. We largely circulate on Apple, Spotify, and countless others, but those are our two big podcast platforms we want to push make sure you're subscribed there especially on apple if you like the podcast a lot go leave us some reviews we'd be more than grateful to get some five-star reviews from you guys moreover we are on facebook instagram and twitter and a little bit on youtube we don't populate there but connect with us on social media find me personally on social media with blue check marks super easy to find and i would love to hear your feedback and know who you'd like to see on the podcast Thanks for listening to District of Conservation. Stay tuned for the next episode.